0: This is Pastor Jay, and we're going to start off in decency and order, and we're going to come out of Job 28 and 28, and it said, he said to the human race, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to shun evil is understanding. When we finally realize when we get some understanding we'll walk away from some evil things we will not entertain those things that is not of god because we will not want to lose what we have with god there's some people that's been through some whoopings there's some people that's been through a lot of things and losing that losing the blessings losing the the man everything that god has blessed you with Just for some temporary relief is not to work. It's not worth it. It's not worth it at all. So when you, the fear of God is to fear to not lose with God, to have reverence for God, not to let God down because you know how great God is. Amen. Dear Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Continue to bless us, continue to help us. Let us be able to reach out on this broadcast to be able to reach the masses, God. Thank you for keeping us, being with us, giving us the right frame of mind. Let something be said tonight that will have somebody say, what can I do to be saved? Touch every listener from the top of their head to the sole of their feet. Take out anything that is not of you, God. God, we love you. We glorify you. We give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 and we are back, y'all. We are back, and hey, 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 this is Pastor Jay, and we have Chris Johnson on the line. We got Chiquita on the line, and we have, from the biopic, Miss Angela on the line, everybody, and... Like I always say, hey, this is Pastor Jay, and I got something always to say. And you can go follow me at Anointed AnointedJaylon on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can find my single, Jesus, You Make Me Happy, which just won an award. It's pretty dope. Um, Jesus, You Make Me Happy on all digital platforms. And, yeah, that's me, Pastor Jay. Go ahead, Chris. Hey,
1: everyone. Good to see y'all. Glad to be back on um, you can find me at synchrisjade.com, synchrisj SinkersJay on Instagram and Facebook. You go get "Chasing After You," which is nominated for what, I think five awards at the moment. Okay. Yeah, it's about five awards. So thank you. Um, and new music is actually coming soon. I'm
0: excited about it. So, Miss Shaquita. Hey, Mother. everybody, Shaquita here.
2: Um, glad to be back. We've missed y'all. Hopefully y'all missed us as well. Um, you can find me Shakita underscore Andrews on Instagram and same on Facebook. And I am the author of the amazing book, The Unbroken Train to be Broken, and I'm working on my second book.
0: Look at you making things out of the coronas. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, right, Mother? I'm right, trying. right. <laughs> <laughs> and we have the lovely Angela from. Y'all know it. She did actually. I'm gonna say the other stuff a lot of people probably didn't know because they probably like, Oh, she just from the biopic. She did color purple, she does Broadway, and you know her as Jackie Clark Chisholm, Miss Angela. Everybody,
3: hey, everybody.
0: (laughs) So, we're gonna start off in anointed radio fashion and we're gonna ask you an icebreaker question, okay? All right. If, and I saw this question earlier, so I thought it was pretty funny. If you had to be locked down in the Corona pandemic somewhere of your choice, where would you pick? Uh, Aruba. And why?
3: I'm a beach girl. I love the beach. I've actually never been to Aruba. I've been to several other Caribbean islands, but I've never been there. But from what i understand uh it's just the prettiest island ever so if i had to be quarantined somewhere definitely i'm gonna go to the most beautiful island in the caribbean i'd go to aruba okay
0: cool well going straight into your interview i want to ask you where is your hometown and where do you reside now
3: well i'm originally from detroit michigan uh but i've been in the new york new jersey tri-state area for almost 15 years now
0: okay and i asked everybody to bear with me no um, when you were younger what was the very first um the very first position in church that you held
3: the choir director of the youth choir. i was 13. And I went to a mega church. Like, I'm I, most of the churches in Detroit are mega churches. But um, I grew up PAW. And um, really? okay, so you know Bishop Ellis.
4: Yeah.
3: I grew up at Greater Grace Temple. That's my home church. They, okay. I, I was born into that church. And uh, yeah, I was 13, I believe. And I've led the choir, 250 voice choir, from 13 all the way till I left for college at 18. Wow.
0: Okay. So we got a check for choir because we have a it's like a a battle between if you start off as an usher or if you start off in choir
3: yeah 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 definitely choir i I don't think i ever ushered because i served so much in the music department that i didn't there was no time to serve do anything else because you know we had rehearsal and service and all the other things so yeah
0: well i'm a lazy christian i don't like standing up that long so i like that you can sit down after you sing, amen. Yep, and I like the fact that on Easter, like we had a seat,
3: like
1: we had a seat on Easter. That's why I did the choir.
3: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Because <laughs> on guaranteed.
1: Easter, you
3: do guaranteed. have a seat,
1: guaranteed. Yeah, because most churches I went to, it was packed <laughs> on Easter. So. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, the CMEs go to church on that day, true. Mm-hmm. Which another? See any holidays coming up? Mm-hmm. Mother's Day. Woo mm-hmm. It's gonna be on Facebook Live. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's go. Let's go with. What college did you go to?
3: I graduated from Kentucky State University in Frankfort, Kentucky. It's a HBCU. A lot of people don't know that there's a HBCU in Kentucky, but it's the only one in Kentucky. Uh, Founded in 1886 uh, for the education of ex-slaves in um, trades. Their highlight was agriculture and I think aquaculture, actually. But um, yeah, I graduated in 2002. Uh, Yeah, I'm an old lady. Um, And uh, I double majored in music education and vocal performance. Okay. Okay. And I was a Miss Kentucky State too, so... You know every year puts out the the issue with all the queens the the 2001 i'm in now wow okay okay
2: i grew up in kentucky i, oh. I yeah i lived in um Radcliffe in louisville yeah.
3: yeah 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 oh yeah i know all I up and three there yeah yeah <laughs> i didn't know they
2: had hbcu out there
3: a lot of people don't i didn't it's know old, that either it's a very old school 1886 our first queen was crowned in 1929 so the school wow. is very old. Yeah.
0: So let's go into how which came uh, how can I say it like this? So what got you into Broadway?
3: Oh man. Um, well, you know, honestly, I was a late bloomer growing up in the city of Detroit, um, where mostly you sang in choirs or groups. Uh so we didn't know anything about like Theater for real. I mean, we there are some amazing theater youth theater programs in Detroit, which I was a part of. But generally speaking, we didn't really anything about that. I didn't really find out like what Broadway was until I got to college, actually. And um, I was doing theater all along um, as a teenager, and you know, like different productions in college. But I didn't really know. And then um, the choir that I sang in, we toured every year. We toured um, New York, Detroit. And like large cities where we had lots of alumni. And that's how I found out about Broadway. Our, our director got us tickets to a, a Broadway show every year. And I think the first one I saw was Lion King and it had just opened that year. Wow! Um, and my mind was blown. I was, I had never been to New York or anything. And I was like, what? You can sing and act together. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> and, um, Yeah, and so that the bug was big. but you know, I went, I finished school, came home, taught school. That's what my degree is in. But it was just like everything was pulling me to New York. I wanted to be on this thing, Broadway, and uh, got to New York with big dreams, like everybody else that comes to New York. Because most most actors, most people in the Broadway entertainment community are transplants. We're not a whole whole lot are from New York, so Mm -hmm. we all kind of come together with that commonality that yeah, we all came here. So we you know, people left different amounts of things behind. And uh, yeah, got here and it took 10 years. I uh, got close a whole bunch of times, but finally in um, 2016, um, I finally made my Broadway debut in the 2015 uh, Tony award-winning revival of The Color Purple, with the best <laughs> revival and best leading actress, my good dear friend, Ms. Cynthia Erivo, who you guys all know from *Harriet* and the *Oscars* and all those things, but she, her very first Broadway show, her first show in New York was *The Color Purple*, and she won the Tony, and the rest is history.
0: Wow! I actually saw *The um, Color Purple*. The I think it was the cast of 2006 in New York.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I remember it was just amazing being on. You know, for me being from California and mm-hmm. being first time in New York. Um, first of all, I'm just going to say this. Rats are like dogs on the sidewalk in New York and they're scary. They walk up on me like, Hey, you don't see me walking here? And you're like, yeah, that's that's you I didn't that. know you was like this.
3: I've jumped so many times. I've been here for years. I'm so used to them, but every now and then one will catch me off guard on the sidewalk. Cause they like to like, you know, they, they gather the trash in big, big humans. I didn't
0: get that part. I and was they, like, it's literally mountains, mountains of trash. trash. And then at nighttime, I saw red eyes from them. I'm like, oh, this oh. Yeah, it's crazy.
3: Oh, it's disgusting. It never... I never got used to it. And I, all my friends from here, they say the same thing. We don't get used to it. They're gross and disgusting. They're overrun the city. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I mean, I've literally had... Some run over my, like literally step on my feet because they didn't see me until the last minute and they ran past my feet. I've been sitting on a Mm. bench in the subway and there's one like right on the bench where I'm sitting.
4: Oh
3: God. They're They're on the stairs. Like late at night they really come out onto the platforms and the subways because it's not as many people. Oh, I've seen rats drag whole slices of pizza into the train thing. Like just come up on the platform, get it with their teeth and drag it. You know. yeah. yeah, my first
1: experience in New York, New York
4: my first experience
1: in New York ever it was uh I would, took the subway the a train yeah from from Queens to Manhattan Woo. and the first time I ever saw it it was on that on that platform. I was like, yeah. what is going on?
3: <laughs> it's disgusting, but they're just they're part of the scenery, this is their home too, you know they yeah. they were probably here before we got here, and it would be long after it's gone, so we just right. kind of. You know, everybody
0: well, goes ah, and goes around. <laughs> well, that you know, uh, there's another place to have something staple like that, and that's New Orleans and the flying cockroaches. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. The-
3: I don't know. I'd rather have the rats than those.
0: I agree. Rats are not. Yeah.
3: Like, generally
0: Yeah. Because not- not- cockroaches fly at your face <laughs> and they chase. They chase. I remember one chased me down Bourbon Street. It would not leave me alone. It was, a, wow. it was like jumping at me, and I'm swinging at like back up. Yeah,
3: Ooh. it was a whole experience. Oh, God. Rodents. <laughs> and,
0: yeah. Yeah. Traveling to the East-South is interesting.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. We toured all through there. I've, I've toured down there several times with different shows, and um it's so different. The, the energy in the South, um the cultures. This is different, and the weather, you know, for performers, especially if you travel a lot, the South is tough because they have a lot of humidity and pollen and, you know, their air even in the winter is different. And if you're mm-hmm. sensitive, it's rough, to, you know. And I've been on tours where I've I've played, I don't know, 14 cities in 16 days. So I'm literally in a different city. We didn't do that with Color Purple, but do being in a different city every week is a lot. And the South, like really whew, it's a doozy, especially in the like when the if you're there during the season changes. Oh my gosh, it's rough. But you know, we learn how to take care of ourselves and you know cover up. <coughs> Excuse me.
0: <coughs> so I have um a question from Broadway. If you was to give knowledge to somebody about trying to follow your footsteps in Broadway, what is the do's and the don'ts of Broadway?
3: Mm. Do develop perseverance because you're going to need it. Um, If you have a hard time with being told no or being critiqued or corrected, you're going to struggle because it's just how it is, you know? Um, So it's really important to develop tough skin. Just the ability to continue to take the rejection, take the meat, spit out the bones and keep going. Um, Do not go into auditions. You have to go into auditions wanting to share, not to. Oh, I need a job. Oh, I want to book this. Oh, I want to be a star, because people can sense that they. It's people think it's what they're saying, and it's really not. It's the nonverbal thing that people pick up on. So, and I tell people this all the time. To ask me that very question, Um, be. If you come from somewhere where you're a big fish in a little pond, when you get here, you will be. I don't care who you are, unless you're maybe like Cynthia or something. But 99% of people are going to be little fish in a big pond. But the thing is, don't lose your big fish mentality because you Mm -hmm. need that. Because this place can really swallow you up because everybody's a star in their hometown until they get here and there's 20 of them that do really? exactly what they can do or better and normal more people and whatever the list goes on so know who you are and keep that whatever that level of confidence is carry it with you because no one is going to hold your hand in new york city about anything so um definitely the confidence i can't stress that enough if you don't have anything else if you got one song that you sing well do that in every audition and do it with confidence and boldness because that's what people—that's what people want to see. That's what's refreshing. Not the fiftieth person coming in with the same song, nervous or presentational, and not with really being themselves. You gotta find who you are, and don't be that when you go in the room. Don't try to be the, the character, even if you like. Right now, I'm—I'm—I I'm, have auditions in my hand, and there's very ex- specific about what this is about. But there's got to be a part of me in it, or you're not gonna why why hire me so there's a lot of of mental gymnastics so i don't know what you want to call it mental strengthening you got to do to to make it here because if you can't deal with no i got told no for 10 years but i just decided i don't care and i was up for the original color purple a million times got really close nothing for this production when they were first casting it they wouldn't even see me I couldn't even get an audition. I had been here for years already, but it all worked out down the line and I joined the company later. So I could go on and on, but definitely the confidence and being able to rise in the face of rejection and criticism because that's what this business is.
0: I think that goes over in a lot of, not just Broadway, but artists, that's independent artists that's trying to get their music, um, people trying to get signed, people trying to just have be their foot in the music industry. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: Because there was a quote that I heard from Oprah a long time ago that said that when I finally stopped chasing it, it started to come. Mm
3: -hmm. That's it. That's it.
0: And And I think a lot of people, hopefully a lot of people have been doing some reflection and changing things during this time of us being stuck in the house during this pandemic where they be like, okay, I could have did this a little different. I could have changed up a little bit. Let me change my mindset. Let me change the way I I market these things. You know, right. I did an experiment with um, marketing my music because I usually don't. Right? That's the last thing on my mind. Usually, when I, it's every day, I'm just always gone. I'm going to work. I am going to the studio. I'm going here. But for me to finally just sit down and look at um, algorithms and read different things and it really made me understand more needs to be put into some things mm-hmm. lacking.
4: Yeah. because
0: yeah. Will i will be a master, of, uh, not a master of anything. And what does that phrase go? I know somebody got, got that.
3: And a master of none.
0: There you go. Mm-hmm. So
3: I say it all the time. That's why I know what it is.
0: And, and it's and it's true though because I, I believe everybody in their own life are trying to aspire to go somewhere, and you're going to get no, you're going to get people that's not going to want to work with you. You know, and, yeah. and, and one thing that I just said this week, because um, I've been really like self-reflecting. Hope everybody out there that's watching is self-reflecting, mm-hmm. because we have nothing but time. Yeah, and if it's bettering you, your book, your project, your music, do it. You yeah. have nothing but time. It's 24 hours in a day. And we use eight of it to sleep. And if you ain't working, you got now that what? A whole bunch, whole bunch of time for yourself to be yeah. able to change up. So one thing I'm realized, when God make you the solution, yes. he'll take you from being part of the problem. Yes. And then I'm starting to think of back of like, why I didn't get this support? Why I didn't get this help. Because God moves you out of places
4: mm-hmm. that would have
0: made you one of the problems. Because instead of you being the solution to the problem, you have been part of the problem. Yeah. The, the you know the, the the same old same old when you're supposed to come and bring true witness mm-hmm. to come and bring a, a light and hope to people instead of pushing people down. So it's it's been something like what you was saying hearing that no and then understanding that there's power behind the no yeah. that god had that no for a reason and it wasn't just because people didn't like you right you could be the bomb you could be the best singer the best actor the best and there's somebody out there that's still gonna not cool with you
2: yep you ain't their cup of tea right and i have an acronym written in my house instead of it being just no it's new opportunity so mm-hmm. one area it's open another you just keep gotta keep going yeah,
4: mm-hmm. yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, sorry you guys I- warm me is it's late here <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: all right. no problem one thing i was gonna just say is let's get to the biopic
1: yeah first wait, i got a question
0: okay, okay.
1: i want to ask you this it's all bad What is your favorite musical since you've done Broadway?
3: Oh, man. That's a
4: good question, Chris.
3: That is a really good one. Ah, ah, that's hard. Ah, You know, and this is going to sound really biased because I'm from Detroit. But I have to say, my favorite Broadway musical, I've seen it nine times so far, is Ain't Too Proud the story, The Life and Times of the Temptations. Um, it's new, it's only been on Broadway uh, for year. It would have been a year have this pandemic not happened. But honestly, like it is my favorite. And I think it might be because uh, it's so much like home. It, there's so many real authentic, the playwright is a home girl, one of my homegirls from Detroit, Dominique Meluso. So it's, it's gonna be right because it's written by someone Who's from our hometown who isn't bogged down by all the politics and not us that to <laughs> Broadway musicals and the performance are ju- performances are just electrifying. All the guys are my homeboys over the years. So just to see them shine and you know and the music. Oh, it's so good. Um, so I can I can I answer it in two parts? Sure. So my current, like of the current Broadway, my current favorite is Ain't Too Proud. Well, probably of all time, my favorite musical, Hairspray. Hmm. It's fun. The music's good. The story's good. Visually, it's spectacular. I saw it a good about 10 times, and I toured the show for almost two years, um, and I never got tired of it. I did that show for over 500 performances, and... The night I was, that was my last night, I still cried and was sad. I didn't want to go, but for health reasons, I had to go. But it's just so, it was so brilliantly done. I think it won like eight Tony Awards the year that it was um, up for the awards. Uh, It's got companies in like six countries, uh, two movies, a a live action, not live action, but a made for TV musical. And I hear they're about to revive it and bring it back. So, I mean, that's proof right there. It's amazing. But I mean I could Lion King's amazing. Oh God, so many. So many. <laughs>
0: you know, my my what's your favorite musical, Chris?
1: Um, of all time. Yep. I would say The King and I.
4: Oh, oh. classic musical theater.
1: Yeah, I went um to see a funny thing, Solano Community College. They put it on back at home. And I was just I was a kid and I was just enamored by it to the point where I have the movie. <laughs>
4: Yeah. And I, I sit
1: there and watch it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I just like the storyline was great. Like I said, the the um the scenery and everything was just amazing. I was like, this is cool. I like this. Yeah. So that's my favorite. And then I haven't got to see Color Purple or The Lion King yet. Don't judge me.
4: No,
1: it's OK. <laughs> <laughs> I was, when I was in New York last time, I was supposed to go see it. But I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's not in my budget at the moment. So maybe.
3: I hear you.
1: Not- Man, them tickets
3: ain't cheap not at all and i don't know what's going to happen now they're going to have to like really raise the prices because they're probably going to have to have less people in the theater per show um plus all the money they're going to have to spend for safety so for both the actors and the audience so i don't know what that's it could either be really cheap because they just need people to come or really expensive cuz you really? know the most basic show on broadway they, they got to make like a million or something like that a week to recoup
2: what wow, they wow. spent.
3: Yeah, because there's so many things people don't know, don't see. They just see the show. They don't know about the crew and all the unions and all the fees and the producers and the marketing and the and the da 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 It's so much stuff um, that goes into putting up a show on Broadway is so expensive. It's astronomical how much it costs for just a basic, like Color Purple was a basic, it was a set, one set piece in chairs. There were no set changes. There were no costume, really any costume changes. And it still costs millions to do that show. Wow.
0: That's wow. crazy. Chiquita, you have a favorite one?
2: Um, well, I haven't seen many either, but my favorite was The Lion King. Yeah, it was that when I was actually working um, the kiosk outside of it when I lived in Hawaii. Oh, wow. And it was so beautiful. I was just looking at all the books and then I heard them singing. And uh, while they're singing, you know, there's nobody out in the kiosk. So I slipped in to watch it. Um, my friend, she had to come and find me when it was time to start working again because it was such a beautiful performance.
4: Mm-hmm. And like
2: just to see them with their different costumes, um, you know, and their movements. Oh, it was such a beautiful thing. So mine has always been The Lion King. And I i don't know what's going to top it, but that's what mine has been.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, nobody said The Wiz. That's crazy.
3: But see, I don't know that I care for The Wiz on Broadway. Yeah, I've never seen it. That
4: so oh, yeah. I mean, be done. done.
3: It hasn't been on Broadway in a long time, like since the 70s. Right. There's been several attempts to bring it back. And it's just a hard show to remount, especially since it's such a period piece. The impetus is to modernize it. But purists and people who are like, don't do that. Part of the issue is then you're missing a whole demographic of people, not Mm -hmm. to mention cultures that may not. It they don't, in uh, in a nutshell, the fear is that it won't do well. Um, so I don't know, they've done tons of regional versions of it. Um, I hope it comes. There'll be a lot of jobs for black folks, I tell you that, right? Emerald
0: City, the workshop. Man, I just want to be one of the extras in the background for the workshop.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but it is, it's a beautiful musical, like, it's one of my favorites. The music, oh my god, it's so good, gosh. Because
0: so they did Sparkle and modernized it mm-hmm. to, for TV. And yep. for compared to the old school, what it didn't take much away from it.
3: Right. And they did that for The Wiz, too. A couple of years ago, NBC did The Wiz Live. And it was beautiful. Um, oh, I, yeah. Any of you guys see it? Um, I saw
1: it. Yeah, it was really, and really nice. People was I the
3: like, guys And Mary J. Blige was even lean. It was really cool. Was um, really I feel nice. like if they kind of stay in that path, that could transfer. I think you could find a way to do that for the stage.
0: I agree. Yeah. So let's get to how you landed the role to be the eldest Clark sister.
3: <laughs> um, well, first of all, when I even heard through the grapevine that this was a possibility, that this was, there was conversation about this project, I was like, I have to be in this. I don't know how, I don't know what how what, but I was like, there's no way. Like, I I and people have asked me in other interviews, did you just know? And you know, honestly, actors will say, well, you know, I don't wanna, I don't like to psych myself out because what if I don't get it? You know, but this project, I was just like, nah, I'm I don't know which sister, but I'm gonna be in it somewhere, <laughs> somehow. Um, so when when it became a reality. All the black actresses in L.A. and New York, and I'm sure other big cities, all went on tape and submitted their auditions just like I did. Uh, Originally, I went on tape for Twinkie. Uh, I didn't go on tape for Jackie until she was actually the last sister. I went on tape for three. Uh, Twinkie, Denise, and then Jackie. Uh, So I was a little worried because after I went on for Twinkie, the feedback was they loved your tape. And that was all they said. So I was just like, yeah. "Oh no!" So you know, weeks went by, and uh, I got a call from my manager saying, "Hey, the director wants to have a, a face-to-face phone meeting." And I'm like, "Is that good?" You know, and he's like, "Yeah. Like if you're if you're if you're on the phone with the director, that means you're in that final group of girls that they're trying to decide who." But still, at this point, I had only gone on tape for Twinkie. So Christine Swanson, our amazing director. Black woman from Detroit uh, called me up and uh, she was just saying, you know, I love your tape, but i um, I have you in mind for a couple of the other sisters, so it's a little deflated because I'm not gonna lie. I, I would have made a good Twinkie too, just just saying. <laughs> but but she did her thing. She was the perfect she was the perfect person, but I would have gave a good swing at it I, if I do say so myself. Um, <laughs> But so she said, you know, I want you to go back on tape for Denise and uh, Jackie. And I knew after I completed those, I knew Jack. If I were to get it, Jackie was the one I was supposed to play. I just knew it. I just felt so connected to her story. I was intrigued by it because even I was learning stuff that I didn't know about Jackie. Because like the rest of us, we generally focus on Karen, Dorinda, Twinkie. You know, we don't we don't unfortunately, pay enough ten- attention to Jackie because she's not one of the ones who leads. And uh, yeah, right before Christmas, I got the call and I was screaming and I almost broke my hand, was slamming my hand down on my kitchen counter. I was so excited, I was crying. Um, because this is one of those projects that is like a once in a lifetime. Like anybody that loves the Clark sisters, that loves music, that loves biopics, to get to play um, a person a legendary artist is like a one in a million shot we don't really get that on top of them still being living where you can actually right. like see them talk to them you know and all those things so uh yeah i got the call right before christmas and so i went into 2019 super excited and uh yeah and then we went from there
0: i actually heard a clip from jackie saying that she wasn't even paying attention to something to the movie And she heard you. Yeah. And she said, That's not like me. It is an honor for someone to be able to say you really embodied them in that time.
4: Because
0: like you said, to do it right while the person is still living is a great honor because you know a lot of people's done biopics, but some people don't know if the person that they played if they would agree with how they played them.
3: Or they don't get any like uh, they don't have the opportunity to talk to them or they're not alive. So they kind of have to just create and use the research they have, use the perspectives they get from other people telling their story to try to kind of make, the, make that. And I didn't have that struggle. Like I really had everything I needed um, outside of the fact that I grew up idolizing these women. Like I loved them all. I knew every song, had all the records, you know, saw them several times live in different settings, met them uh, all with the exception of uh, Denise. I had met all of them Uh, and Karen actually. Uh, I met Dorinda, Twinkie and Jackie and like had a conversation way back when I was a kid. Um, So to get to do this was like insane. and we most time actors don't get that privilege to be able to do that and have the have the resources of that person themselves to build your your work with.
0: And you know, I think the 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 cool part about it is that you guys brought the church scene to mainstream and be and it's like God did this perfectly. Everybody yeah. quarantined in the house, <laughs> You don't have no other choice, and people sitting there like okay, Clark Sisters, and everybody don't have an excuse. To, oh, I missed it because I was out doing no you in the house, yeah, yeah, and so many people. So I think where you got where you guys now at what 26 million views?
3: Mm-hmm. Yep, somewhere wow. around there. Yeah, yeah, it was insane. I I'm I'm sh- I'm sure that we would not have done as well under normal circumstances. Not because the movie wasn't good, not because people weren't excited, but it just, you know, the circumstances just lent to having eyes on this that would have never even known it was happening because they don't watch Lifetime or they don't have interest in biopics or gospel music or anything. People were kind of forced to to tune in and and inquire because A, everyone was home, but B, we have watched everything. Everyone's watched all of Netflix, all of Hulu, everything you can think of. So this was like a fresh (laughs) new thing to watch. Mm -hmm. And it has all of this anticipation behind it because they announced the movie almost a year before it came out. So, Mm
4: -hmm.
3: you know, the anticipation had just built to like, literally they had waited one more week. I think people would have started revolting and protesting because people were like, well, we're quarantined. Why don't y'all just release it early? We're here, can we see it? And they're like, no, you have to wait. Uh, So while I definitely would not say, well, it was a blessing because none of this is a blessing that we are dealing with. But I will say the silver lining for the project and everyone involved was that we all were home. And I think because it was done so well and it was so well received, it was a welcome distraction from what's happening. It kind of took people, kind of what we want the gospel to do. It took people to another place where it took them, more on hope and faith and joy and less on their circumstances of what they see in front of them that they don't have or that's wrong. Um, So I was very grateful for that, that for just a couple of hours on Saturday night, uh, we were able to just take people somewhere else and get them throwing their hands up and singing and, you know, clapping and cheering. So was yelling
1: great. at the screen because yeah. right. right. when he pushed Maddie Moss Clark. I was like, "Wait a minute!" Yeah, <laughs> oh, not Maddie, not
3: Maddie. Yeah, oh. yeah
4: that, <laughs> I,
3: can I think that? that's gonna be rough. The, the slap when I got slapped, and when Maddie gets uh gets pushed, that was like, "This is gonna be people are not gonna be received this well." <laughs> yeah.
4: you,
0: you? Not at all, because <laughs> I know um. Me and Ashley, me and Chris was going to come to the premiere
3: mm. at the
0: Week here in, in Las Vegas.
3: Yeah, yeah. We had our whole big thing. Oh, oh if I think about it, it makes me sad. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
4: but
3: we had so many things that were on the books. We were coming to the Stellars. We were they were doing a screening there. Uh, I think there was some talk about uh, a performance, like a part of a tribute performance for them because they were receiving uh, like a Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, our LA premiere, we had screenings in all the major cities, everybody was so excited and then just all, and even my own personal press things got canceled and we all were just kind of like, so we waited all this time and Mm. now this happens, the timing could not be worse. Um, But you know, it, it, it happened and you know, we just had to keep it moving but I think the a team that did all the online press did an amazing job. Like we were everywhere all the time, talking about it the week leading up to it. So kind of made up for what we lost.
0: So I want to ask while filming, what was the most memorable moment in filming the Clark sister movie?
3: Oh, it had to be when we were shooting the scene with the real Clark sisters. And um, originally the concept for that scene w- was a little different than what how it came out in the movie. Originally um, it begins how it, you guys saw it. And then through like movie magic, they were going to basically dissolve us moving upstage and the real sisters were gonna come downstage. So it was gonna kind of like melt, do one of these. Um, and they shot different ideas and that's the one they went with, but it was definitely Weird, and but in a cool way, to you know be standing there with our sister that we play, and them being so blown away, like the whole time they're like staring at us, like this is so weird. Where It's like us from like two thousand eight or so whatever year it was, um, blessing highly favorite came out, and seeing us like have all their like physicality and you know their the sound of course their sounds and. Them just being like so blown away that this was happening, that this is a story about their life, and to see see the wonder in their eyes and like just pure, like they were like little girls, just so excited and smiling and just couldn't believe it. It was that was the best day. That was the best day for sure. Amen.
1: I think that was my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, actually, I think what, were you guys in the dressing room?
4: Yeah, we were. They in the dressing- brief.
1: They did a brief. A uh, pan of you, yeah, and um, you had the short wig on, yeah, and I was like, "Yo, is that Jackie?" And I was, like, "Oh, that's the girl for You look just like her in that moment. I was like, "Whoa, no, it's exactly strange. like her."
3: Yeah, even she says it all the time. Like, I kept looking at you because I was like, "Why is it that she looks just like me?" And and I can't say that I thought we resembled each other before this. I don't know. We just really do. It's very very odd, but. This goes to show you, this was divine. This was orchestrated by the Most High. And I was supposed to be there, you know, so.
0: So I have a question with that scene. So Twinkie, who was played by Christina Bell,
3: mm-hmm.
0: was on the scene. And then when it came in, it was just three sisters. Right. So how? why did it turn out like that?
3: Well, uh, just really simple. Twinkie couldn't be couldn't be with us. Okay. For the, for the filming, I'm not honestly, I'm not super sure what the whole situation was, but it ended up just being the three. So, you know, we they went with that. I uh, I thought maybe down the line they would do like a separate since she sits at the organ a lot. Maybe they would do some type of green screen or something at a later time, but they didn't. So. You know, no one seemed, I mean, I'm sure people were like, where's Twinkie? But I don't think it was. A Cause I, was I was screaming, like, where's Twinkie at? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I knew when I when I knew that she wasn't going to, you know, when everything was in post, and I was like, oh, so they didn't follow up. I was like, well, you know, I hope nobody is upset. Um, but I really don't think, of course, we would want, would want Twinkie there. But I think it was still very special and beautiful to have. Uh, Karen, Dorinda, and Jackie there for that final shot.
0: Okay. Well, Miss Angela, I want to first of all say thank you for coming on. And I know you auditioning, and you're still doing all your stuff in the background Mm
3: -hmm. and
0: have a busy schedule. So we appreciate you coming on.
3: Oh, you're so welcome.
0: And um, um, questions. I have one more question.
3: Sure. Go right ahead.
0: And I, I leave it to my co-host to ask anything. So one thing I, w- I want to ask is, in all of this experience, what did you take away from the Clark Sister movie?
3: Wow. Um, two things. Um, one, that uh, we I think sometimes we set ourselves and the people that we put on a pedestal, we kind of set them up for failure because, because of how um, large their talent is and their anointing is and their gifting is, we tend to put them in a, in a, on a plane that it's a little unfair, you know. And um, this movie really taught me uh, that these women, as far as they've gone, as long as a career that they've, that they've had, uh, I mean, they literally have been all over the world. Every every your favorite singer, that's their favorite singer, you know, their favorite group but they've never lost touch with the fact that they're just regular people like everybody else and they go through things all the time and they have to rely on everything that they know as believers what their mother instilled in them uh to overcome those challenges and just because you're you know uh a famous person doesn't mean that you don't go through things and that you don't respond in a human way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but also taught me as an actor, because this, um, though, this isn't my first television, um, role, this is definitely my first and largest film role. Um, and just being transparent. Um, and I'm sure a lot of theater actors would agree that sometimes it feels a little daunting to transition into television because though the, uh, the the intention and the grounding is no different, in the, regardless of what idiom you're in. The technique is different in that your audience is a lens, as opposed to a big room full of people, and that can be a little nerve-wracking. And I definitely walked away feeling like I had a whole new skill set under my belt that people like pay lots of money to learn how to do, or they go to school to learn how to do. And I, in a five-week time, five or six weeks picked that up and it felt so natural and so fun and just awesome. I walked away with a new confidence in that. So I'm grateful for that, but that was the project that kind of introduced me into um, television and film like on a, on a larger mainstream um, scale.
4: Okay.
0: Chris, it's here.
3: Hello. I'm just
0: okay, I, more I, don't more have, I don't have any more questions. What's your, what's your upcoming future projects?
3: Um, the ones that you to call me. <laughs> um, well, you know it's been it's been very uh weird um the last uh, few months with everything changing. The not just Broadway but the entertainment industry in general has really really been affected really bad by this um, COVID nineteen. And everyone's asking all the questions, but, like, nobody really has a lot of answers because this is a first. So right now, myself and a lot of my colleagues and, you know, peers, we're all just kind of at home creating because we don't know, you know, when those doors open back up, what's going to be left. So right now, um, it's about preparation and content and tightening up your skills, you know, um, as opposed to what is the next job? Because honestly, we really don't know. Um, we're all kind of getting ourselves versed on how to perform and do all types of things online because honestly, that may be the way that uh, a lot of creative ventures have to go for a while, uh, particularly in the theater world. Because even if you can get the theaters open and get the actors back to work, you still have to deal with the the patrons. They a lot of folks are going to be scared for a while they're not going to feel comfortable no matter what you say to come and sit in a room with a thousand two other two thousand other people for two and a half hours breathing the same air in new york city it's just yeah. it's not realistic so um right now we're all just kind of lifting each other up i mean my community has i mean folks are like calling like you need something i can demo you do you you need me to drop you some food. Like, I mean, everybody's just been calling each other and checking and making sure, but that's what we do. You know, we, we, this is not the first time that the Broadway community has had um, a crisis. That's had a setback. So we know how to bounce back. And the number one way is checking in on each other, but also creating, you know, using our gifts and our talents that God gave us to uplift each other and those that are not entertainers that need something to get them through every day. So right now, that's my goal. What, what is, how can I be of service? So until, you know, the next thing happens or the next phone call or the next audition in the studio, I'm recording a, my first original EP. Uh, okay. So really excited mm-hmm. about that. So I guess, yeah, there is, a, there is something coming, but um I actually should be releasing the single in the next couple of weeks and I'm nervous, but <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta do it. You can't you can't, you know, you just gotta jump on out there and do it. So I'm really excited about that.
0: So what inspired what inspired your new your new EP?
3: Oh man. Well, this has been something I've been talking about for years, and like here one of the other things I do here in the city. Um, that kind of grew me a pretty big following is a a curated open mic that I hosted for a few years. And it just, every Monday night, uh, it just grew into some like crazy, crazy thing that people just needed to start their week off. And we did it on Mondays because Monday nights is when most Broadway shows are dark. So the actors are off and they can you know hang out and do what they want to do and sing other tunes that they don't have to sing at work eight times a week. And um, so... Me jumping into that kind of opened up a whole nother door uh, of music for me because I've really been kind of exclusively doing theater and, and acting, but most people don't know that that's where I started. I'm a singer first. Um, and uh, so the it came out of that just kind of now I have the time to do it. And also like <laughs> my goofy friends were like, well, Ann, you need to put out something because these people don't even understand like that, what they saw is like this much of what you actually do. So you need to put some music out. (laughs) I was like, you know, you got a point. I didn't think about that. Um, So I would like to share that other part of me that, you know, people uh, didn't get to see in the film because I play Jackie and um, I'm excited. I'm excited to share that part of me and uh, stretch those muscles and, you know, do my thing.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, we can't wait to hear your EP when it come out.
4: Yeah.
0: Yes. We'll have to definitely promote that out there.
4: Oh, well, I Um
0: Um, Yeah, it's getting about that time. So one thing I want to say, <laughs> you know, being time conscious, and I'm just happy to be back online. I hear you. <laughs> it feels great being back. We, we went dark for a whole month. You know, for us to be back, I actually miss my co-host being in the studio, but at least I could see him. I talked to him anyway, but Mm -hmm. it's good for us to all be back and having interviews and talking with people because the whole reason Anointed Radio was here is to be able to spread knowledge and wisdom and past experience Mm
4: -hmm. because
0: United, we could be able to make a change. And that's that's the main thing Anointed Radio is here for and 24-Hour Gospel. Of course. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one thing I wanted to say: thank you, Miss Angela, for coming. We appreciate you in the behalf of Anointed Radio here in Las Vegas. If you have anything, you now are family.
3: Oh, thank you. So, so if nice. there's
0: anything you need, let us know. We'll promote it. Your song, you know, whatever. When you come to Vegas and we out of quarantine. <laughs> we actually go outside, <laughs> right? right? you know, we here for you to come to the studio anytime if you want to and just drop in. Um, that's what how our atmosphere is, you know, because we believe us as Christians, we need to be able to build each other up and not tear each other down.
3: That's right.
0: So one thing is Anointing Radio is here. I definitely thank you again.
3: You're so welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: And you should you should feel special because you were the first interview since we went out of commission. Oh
4: wow! So cool! Yay!
0: (laughs) So you are in Anointed Radio history. And just to let everybody know that's listening, this interview will be on our um, podcast distribution, so you could be able to hear this interview again. Of course, it's going to be played on Anointed Radio at seven o'clock in the morning. Um, on Anointed Radio app, on the bottom you see download the Anointed Radio app, and you could be able to hear it after today on iHeartRadio, Radio.com, Pandora, and all of the streaming platforms other than Title because Jay Z be tripping. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you walk into them in New York, you can tell them "Hey, you need to stop tripping. Let Anointed Radio get on Title so they could be on every distribution." Uh-huh. But then you know, I ain't said nothing. You know,
4: shameless
0: Just- <laughs> flirt. but yes thank you and um with that being said I, i think i'm gonna just go ahead and we're gonna mute out and play blessed and highly favored
3: awesome yes
0: and close out and yeah everybody much love it's anointed radio we're signing out angela you have anything to say before we sign out
3: no i just thanks again for having me um i had a good time uh if people do want to follow me and keep up with me um it's just my name on all uh platforms angela burchett uh and my website is angela and uh yeah stay up with me and uh stay tuned
0: and now we'll hear the song bye everybody
4: He brought me through tribulations, never let a day go by, and I realized, had not been for the Lord who was on my side, that was against the wall, the top for me, he heard my cry and rescued me, never let a day go by. Just you, And we blessed And highly favored we'll Say that one more time He brought me through Our trials He brought me through tribulations. Never let a
2: day go by And not realize
4: had not been for the Lord who was on my side, that was against the wall, he looked out for me, he heard my cry
2: and rescued me,
4: nevertheless.